This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. Hi, everyone. I'm Lauren Macias with Look West. I want to start by saying happy Women's History Month. Did you know that women now hold 50 of the 120 seats in the state legislature? And more specifically, 26 out of the 62 Democratic Assembly members are women? It's true. The most recent assembly class absolutely broke records. Dr. Jasmine Baines, my hometown assembly member, is also the first sick woman ever elected to the assembly. There are also a total of 12 Latina Democratic Assembly members in office. As we celebrate these incredible women and other California women trailblazers, we stop by the Women's Caucus Retreat and ask them if it's important to have even more women in the legislature. It is important and it is inspiring. It's important because representation matters. If we're talking about representing women, women want to see that there are women that look like them representing them. It's important and inspiring. It's important because uh, we have another voice at the table and a woman's voice always needs to be at the table with different perspectives. And it's inspiring because now we have more young ladies that can look up and they can see themselves in their leaders and they can um, aspire to be more. It's so inspiring. It's particularly to hear the stories of why it was so important that they were to join the legislature. I mean, there's stories about uh, coming um, that they were immigrants. There's stories about that they've been abused. There's been stories about their children. There's been stories about, you know, their rural upbringings. So to bring all those people together and to hear their stories and to make sure that we have a diverse group at the legislature, this is the only, this is the best thing we could have asked for. It's incredibly important and inspiring that there's more women in the legislature, myself being one because I'm the very first Democratic woman ever to represent San Luis Obispo County. It's so great to see 50 women here in our 120-member legislature. We're not at parity. We want to get to 60 and beyond, and I think that it is uh, incredibly important for women to have a voice in the state. Absolutely, it's important. Um... But important from the perspective that the way that women approach issues is very collaborative. So it's important to the process. I think especially for young women coming up and wanting to engage civically, a lot of times they said you can't be it if you don't see it. And so now they get to see um, all these women doing amazing things in the legislature and have that as a goal for themselves. Representation matters. People with different diverse life experiences matter. You know, I also think about it as a mom. You know, I can count on one hand how many moms are in the legislature with young kids. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, it's really critical that we have women in positions of power, women in elective office, women choosing to press the green or the red button um, as we make these decisions because we bring a different life experience and a different perspective. Having more women in the state legislative body is very important because we know that uh, when women are at the table, uh, decisions are made in reference to not only women being mothers, but women being leaders. Members of the caucus also shared how the vibe has shifted with more women around the assembly chambers. Yeah, there's a lot more people saying, hey, sister, what's going on? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of uh, collegiality right now. Um, and again, we do have some differences within the group, but we respect each other and we have to make sure that we don't lose sight of the respect that we owe each one of our members. To be able to see another woman in the hallway, there's always a conversation. There's always a hug. Um, it's, it's, it is a good vibe. Women tend to be a little more collaborative. Um, they come at it with uh, um, an inquiry first 
and then that forms the position rather than this is my position let me have you tell disabuse me of it you know i think women tend to come out with a, a more um, uh, inquisitive mind as they formulate their uh, opinions there is a level of warmth um, that is there in the conversation around women's rights and what it means to have families and how to protect families is definitely more prevalent, I believe, than it was before. And you see it how in the last, if you think, look at the legislation in the last four years compared to the 40 years before that, you see a difference and women are making a difference. And I'm glad to be a part of that discussion. Well, I think it's important. I look at, you know, the biggest bill I did last year was AB 2011, a big housing bill. Mm -hmm. And my kind of co-pilot on that was Senator Caballero in the Senate. She had SB 6 and we worked very collaboratively together. We had different points of view, but we sat down and talked about it and thought it through and negotiated and came to an agreement on something that I think will help all Californians. Um, and I think that's an example of, you know, this is why I love the Women's Caucus is because we really try to work together and no offense to the gentlemen out there, but I think the women legislators have the ability really to kind of, you know, sort of put our ego aside and figure out how we can actually work together to create the change we want to see. As part of the episode, we went to the Women Inspire exhibit at the California Museum to interview one of the leading female voices in the legislature, Assemblymember Sabrina Cervantes. Before the interview, my colleague Alexis Manzanilla and I looked around. This is March Fong Yu, the first Asian American Secretary of State, first Asian American woman to hold state office, and she had a particularly iconic moment where she smashed a toilet in front of the Capitol. While she was in the assembly, she became famous for a campaign to ban paid toilets in public buildings. At that time, there were toilets that you could only use if you put 10 cents into a slot. March thought it was unfair because men could use urinals for free, but if a woman had to go, she needed to pay money first. So, she brought a toilet to the steps of the state capitol and she smashed it with a hammer. Wow, so I think this story really inspires me because something as simple as going to the bathroom is something we take for granted. It's readily available anywhere and kind of comparing, contrasting where we were back then, paying 10 cents to use the bathroom and where we are now with Christina Garcia's bill with offering free uh, sanitary products in all women's bathrooms now. So I think March Fong Yu would be very proud of all the work that we're accomplishing, you know, now in 2023. Yeah, I think she really paved the way and kind of inspires us to look in all areas for where we need more progressive legislation, even when it comes to things like toilets and, as Lauren mentioned, sanitary products and stuff like that. And it kind of inspires us to always keep moving forward and that there's always progress to be made even now. We are at part of the exhibit that has quite a few Latina leaders, including Dolores Huerta, who has been pretty involved in this in the state legislature here in California uh, for quite some time. And she's a labor activist who devoted her life to improving the conditions for farm workers, worked along Cesar Chavez, and she's very inspirational. We have a nice portrait of her when she was younger, and she has a pin on her um, shirt that says don't buy grapes part of the boycott back then uh, we have a UFW flag in front of us and something that it says right on top is challenge like so it reads challenge like Dolores Huerta and I think that this is a message to you know the younger generation to continue challenging 
um, the normal pushing these boundaries that are set for women all across the United States. You know, in California, we are making strides, but there's always room for more improvement. We'll learn more about the museum a bit later when we catch up with the CEO of the California Museum, Amanda Meeker. But first, Assemblymember Cervantes joined us at the museum to talk about the record-setting women in the legislature, the impact that's having on policies and legislation, and who inspires her. We are sitting in the Women's Inspire exhibit at the California Museum, and on the walls around me are kind of the giants that I see you, me, uh, my little sister sort of standing on to my left right now is Dolores Huerta. Um, are exhibits like this important to you? How do they make you feel? Personally, yes. So these exhibits are, are important. I think that they are uh, inspiring, inspiring as we look ahead to the challenges that are before us because we know that every individual on this wall has faced their own set of challenges uh, along their unique journeys. Uh, and so, you know, looking at what they've overcome and how they've been successful in uplifting our communities is moving. Uh, I, it tells me that, uh, you know, in spite of the challenges to stay the course uh, and that we're on the right track. And then um, can you share any personal role models that you have? So, so uh, coming from, I'm the daughter of uh, farm workers, I'm the daughter of, uh, of a Mexican immigrant, and so my grandparents' stories, my mother's stories, those are really the spark in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and from leaders like Dolores Huerta, who I see here uh, today on this wall, uh, and just many other uh, leaders, women figures, who have played a vital role in my journey uh, to keep to keep moving forward despite um, the challenges. You know, to be resilient, mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that I think women are are known known to do mm -hmm. uh, to keep moving forward no matter what. It's to fight for justice because uh, at the end of the day, our community needs our voices, mm -hmm. needs our diverse experiences at the table uh, when we're making key decisions on behalf of Californians. Um, so our goal for this episode is just highlighting all of the ways that the women are making a large impact um, in the caucus and why is it important to have female and diverse leadership in the legislature? Well, first off, uh, we know that women account for uh, half the people in California. And uh, when we think about the success of our state, that includes elevating the voices and experiences of women, especially when we're trying to advance solutions to address uh, the issues and dis disparities that women face. And so having our voices at the decision-making table uh, are absolutely critical when we're talking about uh, gender equity, when we're talking about access to childcare, uh, maternal mental health, uh, the pay equity gap. Uh, these are all issues of importance uh, for at least the, the Women's Legislative Caucus and issues that we've been working on for a number of years. Beautifully said. And um, when you're doing all that work, that is you know, something that the caucus and the Women's Caucus has been striving for and moving forward with. What does it feel like to be part of the record-setting class of women in the assembly? So we have 50 uh, members uh, of the Legislative Women's Caucus, 
and it is not lost upon me the significance of this moment uh, and the moment that I get to serve uh, and represent not just my district but represent Californians uh, and doing so as the first Latina millennial uh, openly LGBTQ member as well uh, and also to know being the chair of the Latino caucus uh, being the first LGBTQ uh, woman to lead the Latino legislative caucus in the largest in our history when it comes to members, which is 35. And so when we look at just all of the intersectionalities of all the women in, in the caucus, I think it's important to uh, reflect on these moments and acknowledge where, where we're at, how we got here, and where we need to go. Uh, there are so many stories in my life uh, and individuals who have sparked uh, just that that wanting to make a difference. They have been the spark in my life along my journey, and I know that that's the same for many of my colleagues uh, in the Women's Caucus. And so uh, we are you know, going to continue uh, focusing on, on parity in the legislature uh, to ensure that we are doing the very best that we can to elevate the voices of women and children in the state. Um, being part of that record-setting class of women and the Latino Caucus, um, do you feel that there's a cultural shift in the assembly chambers? Do legislative processes feel different with more women around? So in my six years here, I have noticed uh, a bit of a difference. When I first uh, got to the legislature in 2016, uh, I had no children, and here we are with triplets that are three years old. And so uh, there definitely needed to be a little bit of a, a culture shift. Uh, within the building and thankfully uh, you know I've had a positive experience working with leadership and my colleagues to uh, be able to navigate uh, through this uh, part of service uh, that we are called to do uh, while trying to find a balance with family uh, you know and work life uh, and so just you know that's uh, there's more work that we need to do clearly. That's mm -hmm. not lost upon me. We need to make sure that we are continuing to uh, move the needle so that we have more women who aren't afraid to step up and serve when they have young families um, or whatever that dynamic looks like back home. It kind of makes like images that you see of Buffy Wicks chasing after her kids on the assembly floor during the swearing in or um, Pilar Schiavo's daughter kind of taking the spotlight a little bit in their pictures. It's, um, it's something that you don't really think is different or groundbreaking, but like it is. Like those photos didn't maybe exist, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Correct, correct. Um, and so my next question for you, talking about, you know, the future and the work that we need to do, can you share with us some of the Women Caucus priorities for 2023 and 2024? So we have historically led on issues of childcare uh, access. We've led on any issues that deal with uh, women, children, and families. We have not set our uh, legislative priorities and budget just yet. We're actually in conversation as we speak uh, with uh, the caucus to ensure that we have uh, a path toward victory. Uh, to get our bills through and get our budget requests through to uh, in, through both houses and onto the governor's desk uh, 
Uh, but I know that just given the history that we've had around uh, equity, uh, around childcare, this is absolutely where we're going to continue focusing on. There's key pillars that we're highlighting still this legislative session. And um, building on those promises that we're setting, um, I want to talk about the significance of the groundbreaking legislation of Proposition 1, mm. um, which for some of our listeners, this basically enshrined reproductive rights into our state constitution. Um, how do you think we're going to keep this momentum going? How? Well, so this was a really big uh, issue. I'm grateful for the voters of California and grateful to our legislature for leading on this issue. Uh, we know that we cannot stop here. We need to continue pushing forward until every state in our nation uh, has access to reproductive freedom uh, and contraception, uh, like I said, throughout this uh, United States. As a mother of triplets by choice, uh, it is a deeply personal decision on whether someone starts a family or not. Mm -hmm. And we know that... Uh, given the actions that happened under Supreme Court, uh, you know, how that affected millions of birthing people across our nation. And so, you know, when we come together recently, we just had a rally in downtown Riverside in my district uh, where we had folks fired up from as young as six years old um, that were there uh, to, you know, uh, other generations and ready, ready to continue leading. Uh, we know that we're protected in California, but we know that there's so much more work to do and be that uh, spark of hope for mm -hmm. the rest of the nation. Um, and then the other part of that question is, how does the Assembly seek to continue introducing groundbreaking legislation this year? As uh, we always have, uh, you know, we, we don't rest on our laurels. We push hard, fight forward on issues of values where we come together on. Uh, we have uh, aggressive agendas and policy areas each house does and uh, I'm certainly eager to work with my colleagues to uh, get into issues that uh, are going to deliver, deliver for the health, safety and well-being of our communities. Uh, you know, but that starts with having you know, just that vision uh, and also being creative sometimes in how we get to see change, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, it's incremental, mm -hmm. uh, but we have to continue to push forward even if it's, you know, we don't get all the way to the goalpost, but we're inching closer and closer every legislative session. And uh, that's always, you know, my goal is if we don't, uh, you know, score one year, we're going to come back the next year and we're going to keep pushing until we get closer and closer, until we get that bill signed, until we get, uh, you know, our budget priority uh, through and uh, being able to just secure resources for our most vulnerable. And speaking of being creative, um, what do you anticipate as future challenges or obstacles that the caucus might, might face? Well, I, I think really just our economic outlook. Uh, those this these next uh, two years will probably be one of the most challenging uh, when it comes to the budget, and that's less resources and uh, critical areas that we're all fighting in. Uh, you know, so many righteous issues that we you know could continue to uh, look at. But 
I, I certainly am concerned and just mindful of uh, our economic outlook. And at the end of the day, uh, we will do our very best to uplift the issues that we care most about. And my last question here, uh, do you believe the rest of the country is looking west to California when it comes to having more diverse legislative leadership? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I hear it, you know, being a part of different conferences uh, and uh, just being active uh, in, in many different areas. We know, I know that from firsthand experience, folks are looking at what California is doing uh, and that's, uh, it's exciting. At the same time, it means that we need to be bolder with our, with our actions uh, and we need to step up to the plate and deliver. Thank you to Assemblymember Sabrina Cervantes. Before we left the museum, the CEO, Amanda Meeker, stopped by. She sat down and talked with me and Alexis. We're doing a whole podcast, as you know, for Women's History Month, highlighting the record-breaking class of women in the, in the legislatures, particularly in the California Assembly. We just wanted to ask you about your thoughts on the significance of this exhibit and highlighting these important women in leadership roles. Yeah, our exhibit, um, Women Inspire, California Women Changing Our World, focuses on so many women who have gone before us. So we look at this class in the legislature right now, and we're so proud of that. And then we can look back at the women on whose shoulders they stand right here in the museum. And then just to paint a picture of where we're sitting right now, we're in a round room. On the wall it says, women lead, innovate, discover, win, create, challenge. I see blue walls covered with inspirational women from even my lifetime, orange walls with women who've come before us, pink walls, like what does this all, what does this exhibit mean to you? Like why is it so important that we highlight these women that are pictured all around us versus highlighting inspirational men, let's say? Well, you know, inspirational men have their place as well, but they have had their place in museums for centuries, whereas women have not. Um, so this, this exhibit that we have here, we worked on with first partner Jennifer Siebel Newsom, and it launched, um, gosh, it's probably been maybe two years now, but that was during the pandemic. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's quite new. It is growing out of another exhibit that we had previously called California's Remarkable Women that we put together with um, former First Lady Maria Shriver. And when we put that exhibit together, there was nothing like this. There was nothing about California women in the state capitol. And it's just so important, I think, to see oneself, see people like oneself in a museum and see the things that we all can be. Can we ask you what your favorite part of the exhibit is? Is there a special part to you where you really enjoy what's being highlighted or it's just kind of your favorite? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a very hard question, but I'd have to pick, I think, it's, it's a tough one. I'm gonna pick the Ray Eames exhibit. So Ray, um, often, if people don't know, it, people think she's a man, because um, of her name, but, but she was a woman, and she and her husband, Charles Eames, came up with some of the most lasting designs in furniture and design, and if you'll if you see if you see pictures of them you'll absolutely recognize them um, classic furniture that's still in production today that they came up with in the 40s and what we have here are some prototypes that she made for that furniture so these are totally one-of-a-kind unique pieces tiny prototypes 
that she made that then evolved into the chairs that are, became ubiquitous across the world. And so I love having those here because they're, they're so unusual and cute. That's awesome. How have you seen the exhibit inspire visitors, particularly like young women? I know you were mentioning before that you have a lot of like younger classes coming and coming in. Yeah, we have um, every day. This this place gets full of children, and um, you see the the I, I mean girls and boys, um, but you definitely see girls coming in, and they typically it's kind of like what you were saying that they gravitate toward the the younger people in here that whom they know sort of in the modern section and they go oh you know this is cool I know this woman and then they get drawn in to learn about others mm -hmm. and we're sitting right now in the what we call the hall of inspiration and so in here you're seeing um, you know women who are leading in these different fields um, all of which you know can be followed and if, if you watch the videos in here they're all well, not all but most of them are narrated by children and, and young people um, looking at you know how they get inspired by other women. Um, piggybacking on Alexis's question and you know the younger generation, I remember visiting museums when I was a child and kind of to my question earlier, it was filled with a bunch of men and um, I would see people that looked like my dad maybe, but I didn't really see anyone that looked like me and there was no um, space that highlighted, you know, quite frankly, all the incredible women, all the incredible work women offer to our spaces. and you know, whatnots. Um, but looking forward, how do we see exhibits like this progressing? Like, Well, that's, that's a good question. We're always on to something else here. Um, and I hadn't quite gotten there yet, but I think, you know, where, where we'll be going in the future is to make things more immersive and more, I mean, we have a lot of in interactivity here, but you can never have sort of enough of that. Um, and then I hope also, so we, at, at the, um, just outside here to the right, we have a section about not equal yet. And it's looking at, you know, we have made so much progress as, as women toward equality, but we all know, like, it's not, it's, we're not equal yet, and there's still, you know, gaps in pay and gaps in treatment. And I would like to see that wall updated with some, you know, where, when we get there to equality, and I hope it's soon. Could you give us some more information about when the museum is open? Yeah, so the California Museum, we are open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5, and Sunday, noon to 5. We're located downtown, um, just a block from the, the historic state capitol. And besides the remarkable women exhibit that we're in right now, we have a, many other exhibits, including changing exhibits. So every time you come here, you're going to see something new, but you're always going to see women front and center here at the California Museum. Thank you again to Amanda Meeker. I really encourage anyone listening to visit this incredible exhibit at the museum. This was my first time visiting and it was a truly inspiring feeling to be surrounded by all of these incredibly impactful women. Thanks to Majority Leader Eloise Gomez Reyes, Women's Caucus Vice Chair Cecilia Aguirre-Curry, Assembly Members Don Addis, Gail Pellerin, Sharon Quirk-Silva, Buffy Wicks, Lori Wilson, Diane Pappin, and Blanca Pacheco for talking with us at the retreat. I'm Lauren Macias for Alexis Manzanilla and Look West. Happy Women's History Month and thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.
The Look West podcast is produced by California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west.